Well, we uh, have been, for the last three weeks, uh, diving into 1 John and talking about kind of the, the main themes of 1 John here, uh, of, of life and of love and of light. Uh, the first week, we kind of dove right into this theme of eternal life. Uh, what does it mean? What is, it, what is eternal life? And, and this passage basically says that Jesus is eternal life and that if we are in relationship with Jesus Christ, that eternal life doesn't just start, it's not out there, it's not something to look forward to in the future. It is something that starts right now as we begin this relationship with Jesus Christ. We can have eternal life. Week two, we talked about light and darkness and this, this, this thing about God is light. God is light, but we are not. We are people living in darkness, right? Even in Isaiah, we talk about Christmas, on the people living in darkness, a great light has shone. This is, God is light, we are not. How can we be in a relationship only through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is what allows us to walk in the light as we're being called to do here in 1 John. We talked a little bit last week about, uh, uh, kind of as a follow-up to that, just about sin and about uh, the role that sin plays in our life. That as we walk in the light, as we become children of light, that sin no longer rules over us, that sin no longer has dominion over us. We're no longer slaves to sin because we walk in the light and God is light and in Him there is no darkness. Even uh, John continues here, even in in chapter 3, we're going to kind of skip over this today, but but he says this, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. This is is what it means to walk in the light. And then last week we talked about how do we know? How do we know that we have this eternal life? How can we be essentially assured of our salvation? How, How do we know? And I ask you four questions. Do you trust in Jesus alone as your Savior? Do you obey Jesus alone as Lord? Do you show the love of God to others? And are you experiencing the love of God in your own life? And these questions I hope you have been kind of wrestling with this week as we have have kind of talked through this. And this morning, we're going we're gonna to skip ahead a little bit. This is going to be our last week in 1 John. I've been debating over and over, like for the last two weeks, how long to go through this. I actually had nine weeks outlined here, uh, but we're going to do it in four, and we're going we're gonna to end today. I'm going to kind of skip ahead. Here's, here's what happens. The book of 1 John uh, is not is not like a Paul letter. It doesn't go from point A to point B to point C, and then one leads into the other. The book of 1 John is kind of circular, circular, and it kind of goes up, right? There's kind of like a, think of it as like a spiral staircase. He keeps kind of coming around to the same things. He comes around to love. He comes around again to sin. He comes around to who is Jesus. He comes around to, to all of these things, but I, I didn't want to end this series without really diving into this topic of love. Right, we've talked about life for, for a couple of weeks. We talked about light in that second week. The, and we would, we would be missing out if we didn't talk about love in 1 John. Because John talks a lot about love. So where, where we're going to be this morning is in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start there in verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. If you want to turn there with me, you're more than welcome. If you're in one of our pew Bibles, it's on page 1056. Uh, and we'll, we'll begin reading together. 1 John chapter 4, 
starting at verse 7. Uh, and even though I'm skipping ahead, I just want to say this. Even though I'm skipping ahead, even though we're, we're going we're gonna to stop talking through First John here, read it. Go back, read it. There's some good stuff in First John that, that we are skipping over, not because it's not important, not because it's not good stuff, but just because I feel God's calling us somewhere else. And so I, wanted, I want you to go back and read it. Like even in, even in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, I, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. There's a lot of meat in 1 John chapter 3 and, and continuing into what we're going to start talking about today. But there's a lot of good stuff in 1 John. So even though we're going to end our series today, spend some time this week just digging into 1 John uh, I may actually continue the series just on the podcast. Uh, if you want, I can just, uh, just continue the series, kind of talk through each of these passages on the podcast. Uh, but as for the weekends, we're going we're gonna to move on here. I feel like God's calling us to move on. So what I want to say today is this. The Christian life is a life of love. The Christian life is a love relationship with God that is reflected in the way that we relate to God and in the way that we relate to others. This is, this is a picture, just a glimpse of the Christian life that we're going to read about this morning. 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. And what I want you to think about as we read, if you have your own Bible, even if you have one of the pew Bibles and you have a pen, I just want you to just circle or underline the word love when it comes up All right, in this passage. I want you to just notice how, how much John is talking about love in this passage. Here we go. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. We're going to keep going here in chapter 5, just for a few verses. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. 
This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep His commands. And His commands are not burdensome, for, the, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to stop there this morning. 31 times. In just those few verses, John mentions the word love. If you can't tell, love means a lot to John. John is serious about love. He wants us to understand love. And he even gives us just a few different perspectives of what love is, even in this, even in this passage. And I want to just this morning just try and capture even just a few of these, even just a few of these perspectives, a few of these images of love that John gives us in this, packet, in this passage. Here's the, the first one that we absolutely need to understand. God is love. God is love. John says this straight up in verse 8 and verse 16. He, just, he doesn't even mince his words. God is love. What does it mean that God is love? This is a powerful statement here. I mean, none of us could say about ourselves, I, I can't say Chris is love. I can't even say Chris is love perfected. Nope. I screw up sometimes. So do you. All right, we, we cannot say that we are love. God can say this. God is love. Love exists eternally in God. Before anything, before creation, love was God because God is love. Love has been there since the beginning because God has been there since the beginning. It's in His nature to love. Before the world began, God was love. Just as the sun gives us light and fire gives us heat, God is love. God cannot not give us love because God is love. I feel like I'm talking in a circle here, but it's an important circle to talk about. God is love. This is who he is. This is in his nature. This is his character. And not only is he love, but love flows from him. In verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Love comes from God. Love is from God. Love does not start with you. It doesn't start with me. It's so much different than our kind of love. I fell in love with my wife. I fell in love with her beauty. I fell in love with her personality. I fell in love with her head over heels in love with her. And every day since we've been married, I would say we have a, a pretty good relationship, a really good relationship. Every day, our love seems to grow. Are there bad days? Yeah, there are. Are there good days? Yeah, there are. But every single day, our love continues to grow. This is not how God's love works. God does not love us because he's attracted to us. God does not love us because we can do something for him. God does not love us out of a contractual kind of love. God loves us because God is love. And love flows from God. Right? God's love is, is so different. I mean, when we were still far away from him, before we even knew the name of Jesus, before we knew that there was a God, before we knew a, a name to call whatever this higher power is that we decided to believe in, before any of that, God loved us. 
Again, not because we could do something for him, not because we were attractive to him, but because he is love. God is love. And I hear people say this all the time, look at my life. There is no way that God could love me. But he can. Because it doesn't come from you. It doesn't start with you. Love comes from God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've done it. It doesn't matter anything about your past. God will still love you because that is who he is. God cannot not love you. And here's something that will just blow your mind if you've never thought about it. God's love for you can never grow bigger than it is right now. And it can never get smaller than it is right now. Because God has a love that is perfect love. There is nothing that you could do that could make God love you more. And there is nothing that you could do that could make God love you less. Because God is love. If you look back on your life and you think about all the things you've done, I've, I was in this position before as well, there, and you just have this thought, there's, there's no way that a God as good as our God could love me even with all this junk in my past. But he can, because it doesn't depend on you. Nothing you do earns his love. Nothing you do grows his love or shrinks his love because God's love is perfect love. I mean, and this, this when you think about it, it's just freedom. I mean, you have freedom in this place because just, just think about it. You are free from any and every attempt to try and gain more love in God. You are free from any and, and every attempt to try and, try and do something to earn more of God's love. We can't do it. Even, the, even verse 10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We like to talk about John 3.16. Same author, John. John has a thing for 316s, by the way, because I read 316 earlier, just a side note. I know he didn't put the 316 in there, but it is what it is. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Which part of that verse and that truth and that promise do we play a part in? Nothing we do earns that. We have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God, Scripture tells us. But none of us fall short of the love of God. God loves us. God loves you, no matter what we do. So here's the question for us this morning. How do we respond to the love of God? How do we respond to this love? This, this love that is over all and in all and through all. This love that was here at the beginning of creation when God said, let there be light. There was already love for you. How do we respond to this love? First of all, I think we need to trust in God's love for us. 
We need to trust in the love of God for you and for me. Verse 16 of this passage, chapter 4. And we know, so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. We rely on this love. We trust in this love, other translations say. We, we have to trust in the love of God. And when we can trust in the love of God, when we live our lives knowing that there's nothing that we can do that will take us outside the love of God, nothing that we can do that will try and earn the love of God, when we live our life under the understanding that God's love for us can never grow, never shrink, because God's love is perfect, it changes things. When we can trust in that love, when we can trust in the love of God, that God has loved us enough to send His only Son, it changes things. I mean, verse 9, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His, son, his one and only Son in the world, and here's the, here's the reason, so that we might live through Him. See, when we come to know and to trust the love of God, our lives look different. Not just because we are loved, because everybody is loved, but because we, we start to live through Him. Amen. The life that we live is different. In Galatians chapter 2, there's another passage that Paul writes. He says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ, live, Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Life changes when we come to know and trust in the love that God has for us. I mean, think about the things that we do with our lives and in the world to make sure that people love us. That's important to us. We want people to like us. We want people to love us. And we do some things that, that the sole purpose of those things is to earn that love, to earn that liking. It's freeing to know that we don't have to do that with God. Our life changes because God begins to live in and through us. That's empowering. That's freedom if we come to know and love and to trust in the love of God. And when we do that, when we begin to, to know and trust in the love of God, what happens is we begin to live empowered lives. We begin to live lives that are just, just all in. Whatever it is, whatever you need me to do, God, I'm going to do because you love me. And there's no more fear. Even this passage, verse 18 and 19, perfect love casts out fear. There is nothing to fear if you trust in the love of God. Because just the knowledge that God loves you, that God knows you, he knows everything you've, you've done in your past, and he still loves you. There is nothing to be afraid of. Nothing can stand against you, Scripture says. Because you are loved by a powerful God. And He loves with a perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. You, you are loved. From that trust, 
when we begin to trust, when we begin to just, just fully trust the love of God in our lives, what happens is we begin to, to obey. Our life changes in a very specific way. We begin to obey what we read about in these pages. We begin to obey the teachings of Jesus. We begin to live as he's calling us to live. And again, let me just reiterate this. We don't do that to earn anything from God. We don't obey the teaching. We don't obey God in order that we might get something. Again, God can never love you more or love you less than he does right here in this moment, right now. Nothing you can do can change that. Nothing you can do can take the place of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that allows God being light and us being darkness to be in a relationship together. Nothing that you can do can earn that. There is no works-based anything in Scripture. But here's what we have. When we begin to trust in the love of God for us and the love that God has for us, we begin to obey. We begin to live it out. We begin to, our lives just look completely different. And we obey out of love. See, love and obedience go together. But here's the, I think here's the coolest part of this whole thing. In chapter 5 here. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves the child as well. This is how we know that, love, that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands. This is how we know that we love God, is when we keep His commands, when we obey, when we begin to live it out. But here is, I, I love that John adds this. And His commands are not burdensome. They're not burdensome, and, and for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? It's you and me. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Obeying the commands of God. This is not a burdensome thing, John says. Why would it be a burden? It would be a burden if we couldn't do it, first of all. But John says here, we can because we have overcome. Amen. So that excuse is out. <laughs> you can't do it. Yes, you can. You can do it. Amen. God has empowered you. God has given you a spirit of power. Not one of fear. Another reason that these, these, these commands, these, these commands would be burdensome is if we just didn't want to do it. And if we don't want to do it, then we need to read the rest of this passage and think and process what our love for God actually looks like. Because having a love for God and understanding that God loves us and, and trusting in that love changes things. I mean, you look back at just even the rest of 1 John. John doesn't mince any words. If you can't love each other, you're lying. If you say you're a Christian, yet you cannot love, you do not love, you're a liar. You do not love God, and the love of God is not complete in you. 
So these commands that we get, these, these, these commands that we're supposed to obey as, as people who follow Christ, they are not burdensome. They don't, they're not weighed down. Right? Even Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. These are not things that we need to worry about or stress about. These are things that we do out of love for God. We obey and we trust. God is love. If you leave here hearing nothing else from me this morning, I want you to hear that. God is love. There is nothing you could do to make God love you more or less than he does right now in this moment because God is love. He is perfect love. And this is how we know what love is. 1 John 3.16 Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Our responsibility as people who follow Christ is to share the love of Jesus Christ. Not just to be receivers of the love of God, but to, to, to soak it in and to go out and love other people with that same kind of love. Again, because God is not picky with his love. He's not choosy with his love. He doesn't play favorites with his love because God cannot not love. God is love. And he loves the world. How does God get his message of love to the world? It's through you and through me. As we go and we share this love of God. I love First John. And again, I want you to, I want you to, to dive into First John. I've, 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 I wanted to keep going. I've prayed about keeping going. God says it's time to move on. Dig into 1 John. There's a lot of meat, a lot of good stuff in 1 John. But remember what he says about life, eternal life, about light and dark, and about love. God is love. God is light. Jesus is eternal life. We can know all three. Let's pray.